your ranch afternoon ranch. So I've got ghost guys with me today, Ben and Dan. And uh, so Ben has been on the show before. Dan, I don't know. I'm sorry, but has it been a minute? Were you on the very first investigation that we did here at the studio? I have actually never been on. This is my first time. Oh, okay. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, he, he just joined the team uh, probably about a month ago just for the, the stuff we're filming now. So he's done a couple of the big places with us. But, but I'm a newbie. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, we'll get into that, and we'll talk a little bit about that. You know, me and Ben, we have some, we have some history, okay? Because Ben was we one do. of the we first. We go back. <laughs> that's what I hear. Was one of the first paranormal uh, investigators that I spoke to when I first, uh, were, you know, was at Laser, and uh, we did a whole ghost hunt here in the studio, which was uh, pretty cool, honestly. I mean, the thing that really struck me about Ghost Guys is that you guys came with like legit equipment not just uh intuition and like i feel a vibe in this room <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah and we kind of we've doubled our gear since then too so we got all sorts of new stuff how has covid19 affected ghost guys what's kind of changed have you noticed that you've gotten more cases what's going on there uh well it seems it's a little easier to get into places now like a lot of the places we do they do the the tourist side of the industry where like you know their museums or whatever and they can't make money right now so they're more open to having people go in there and doing this stuff because it kind of gets them a little bit of publicity and like you know they get the rental fees off of us so right we've been kind of helping in our favor a little bit end of the day it has worked out for us hasn't it yeah yeah well and i would especially say that this like right now this time the spooky season this is the wheelhouse you know for... is. this is where we don't sleep at all <laughs> yep. you're up 20 something plus hours <laughs> now when you do the investigations when people call you up to investigate their houses and everything have you noticed that energies have changed at all because of covid19 uh, not too much you know ghosts aren't really paying attention to that stuff you know they're more concerned with where they are and why no one can pay attention to them so if anything you know people are probably noticing the activity more just because they're more likely to be at home nowadays but as far as the actual activity itself it's you know i think the ghosts maybe are getting a little annoyed with people being home all the time i did not even consider that <laughs> i did not even yeah, you gotta figure hey, that's their peace and quiet is when you go to work you know like oh i got the house to myself put on some tv hop in the hot tub <laughs> you know, mom and dad are home all day every day <laughs> yep. i always think of the others with nicole kidman if you've seen that movie and i always oh, think i love that movie yes yep, yep. they're doing a remake too of it but i'm like it the twist has been given away i feel like now it's kind of like if you were to redo what is it six cents you'd be like and by the way Spoiler, everyone's dead. (laughs) So you guys recently, and I was so bummed out that I missed out on this. You you explored what what did you call it, Ben? The most haunted hotel in America? Yeah, that's that's what it's uh, that's what they claim. Um, So we were out there out in New York this past week filming there. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. Like we were doing our tour and we asked the lady, like, you know, how many ghosts you guys have here? Figured she'd be like, oh, you know, three or four. And she told us they got 36 that they know by name. 36? Yeah, that they know by name. There's other ones that they don't know, but like. And I think we stumbled across a couple ourselves. 
Yeah, it is legit the most haunted place I've been. Like, you couldn't go more than two minutes without something happening. Wow. So I know that you guys have filmed this and everything, but is there anything that you can talk about that happened? Um, yeah, I mean, they, they have this big claim of, like, uh, multiple portals and stuff in the house, which are, like, gateways for spirits to come and go as they please. And uh, we were in one of those rooms, and we just, all of our equipment started going, like, absolutely nutty, just, like, tons of voices coming through at once. There's a claim of a uh, priest there that has a wolf in one of the rooms, and we're in there, and you can hear the animal howling, like it was right there. I mean, they've had uh, suicides happen there. There's been four children that have died on site, so we actually spoke to one of the little girls there, and it was was nonstop on that. We actually spent the night there, too. We slept on site. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was a good time. (laughs) I got to ask, so you just mentioned something, and I find that fascinating because you don't hear about that often. You just said that there is a wolf ghost, so can there be animal ghosts? Oh, absolutely. This place actually has uh, some awesome footage from someone else that went there years ago. There was a cat that used to live there that died on site, and they actually have videos of the full apparition of the cat walking down the halls. Other teams have gone and gotten photos of it. Um, we've got other animals at other places, but yeah, absolutely. I, you know, every animal has a spirit, so you got to figure if the animal liked where they were with their owners and stuff and no need for them to leave. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's what I was wondering. I was like, okay, well, how does that happen kind of deal? And I guess it's like if they liked the place enough. Wow. That's, that's intense. That seems like you guys had a, a lot going on as opposed to just like, uh, oh, we heard a creak. No, no. Like I said, it was nonstop the whole night. Like, Almost too good to be true, but we were the only ones there, except for the uh, the caretaker. And yeah, definitely worth going there if anyone ever gets a chance to head out to uh, the Shanley Hotel. So definitely worth it. Who are the ghost guys right now? How, who who's on the team? Who does what? Give me a little rundown. All right, so right now it's myself. Uh, I kind of am like the the team leader. Um, then we have Dan DeRozier just joined us. He's our skeptic. Um, <laughs> we're trying to prove to him. Like, it's always good to have that type of person, too, to kind of help disprove some things. You know, like, we don't want to say everything's ghost, and Dan's going to be there saying, hey, like, you know, it's your wire and screwed up or whatever. The you non-believer. Get... Make me believe. Yeah, which well, I think we came pretty close at Shanley. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, yes, yes, we did. Then we have uh, Devin Gadu, who just joined as well, and he's uh, he actually studies studies the properties of crystals with the paranormal. And then we have Brandon Mundell, and he is just uh, an investigator. He helps with camera work and stuff. And we're doing some different things this time around. We're bringing the occult in as far as well as the uh, technology of everything. So like we'll be doing like seances and like voodoo practices and stuff every once in a while just to try to see if we can get some other results. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, it sounds like you're more dipping into the spiritual side as well. Now, Ben, I hope I'm not saying this wrong. You're practicing, if I remember correctly, a practicing witch, right? Or what's the correct, correct yeah. terminology here? Witch? Yeah, okay. that's, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So so it sounds like you're dipping a bit more into that. So All these different religions have different ways of communicating with ancestors, and we figured, you know, why don't we reach out to all those other untapped resources and see if we can use that to kind of heighten the stuff and then document with, like, the cameras and the video and all that stuff. 
Do you feel like by taking it to a kind of more spiritual uh, level, it, it kind of separates you from maybe, say, some other paranormal investigation teams? Oh, absolutely. Like everyone kind of cookie cutter right now. You know, everyone has uh, the REM pods and the spirit boxes. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. You get great results, but we want to try new methods, see if maybe we can get better results. What's a REM pod? You just said that. I don't know what that is. Uh, so that's a, that's a device that measures uh, electromagnetic fields in the air, and it lights up and makes noises. So if a spirit is said to interact with it, it could light up different lights and make different tones and stuff. It's just a way of showing that there's some kind of energy in the area. Okay, yeah, I think that I've actually I've I've actually seen that be used before. I just did not know that that had. I was like the lighty uppy thing. Um. Yeah, we had nicknames for everything. It was so hard to keep track of all the stuff. <laughs> I I recall when we used the spirit box here at the studio, we had some stuff come through, which was pretty intense. Where uh, it was like full sentences. It, it, for for those that don't know, could you explain what a spirit box is? Yeah, so a spirit box is essentially a uh, radio that scans through frequencies at an accelerated rate. It does one sweep every quarter of a second, and it generates white noise, which uh, allows spirits to use that noise to kind of take words and sounds to uh, speak to us in real time. Yeah, when I went hunting with you guys, uh, uh, where were we at in Holyoke? It uh, was... Victory Theater. Oh, so beautiful. It was so cool. It was like this dilapidated theater. It was it was awesome. It was a lot more technical than I had imagined. There's a lot of equipment that also goes into this, too, that I just did not even think about, you know? Yeah, that's the fun of it, too. You got all this gear, and there's always new stuff being developed. We're actually working on some new devices ourselves. Uh, we started using some stuff in the last—we just filmed a couple episodes of our web show. We used some new stuff, so, yeah, we're just trying new things, you know? Got you're, some new toys to play with. <laughs> so you're you're making your own. I've never heard that before. So you, you're coming up with your own way. Yeah, I'm trying to think outside the box. You know, I got some theories of you know, like with uh, the audio aspect. You know, spirits we can usually only hear them through recorders and stuff. Like our ears can't pick up their voices. Our devices can. So I'm wondering if like maybe it goes the other way too. Like they can't hear us as well. So I'm working on a. Uh, a real-time microphone that when you speak into will broadcast what you're saying in different frequencies, like high range, low range. Oh. So maybe they can hear us better. And then there would be a secondary one on a tripod that they could communicate through. So trying to do like basically a ghost telephone. But, you know, it's a lot of trial and error, and I'm not the best with electronics. You know, I burnt myself a few times soldering stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> It's patented. Make patented. Do what we can. <laughs> so I'm curious about you, Dan, because you're um, a skeptic. So how, yes. why, why did you want to get involved with Ghost Guys if you don't believe? Oh, long story short, I guess Ben and myself have been friends for what about two decades now, buddy. Yep. And uh, I guess it was just I had some deaths in the family, some other stuff. I fell down a rabbit hole, if you will, of probably not the best things. And once I got myself clean and good, I kind of started getting curious about it. And like I said, I've known Ben that long where I'd go hang out with him and, you know, he'd show me videos and I'd, oh, yeah, right, sure. And eventually he got me roped in. And ever since then, I'm starting to slightly change my mind, but not all the way. 
can you can you relay maybe one moment where it really did challenge this idea that you're like, well, that that can't be a ghost. Um, one moment in particular. Oh, we've had a few, I guess you could say, but could we say the uh, first place, Ben? Yes, where maybe we thought <laughs> when we moved that door, and there was another door behind it. And something had to be there, but all that was behind us was what? A radiator? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was up in um, Ventford Hall out in Lenox. Yes. So you were hearing like noises behind the door or something, and then you open it up and there's like nothing there? We were actually walking down a hallway, and I had to stop like dead in my tracks. I felt something behind me. Ben turned around. Straight up, nothing, no one behind me that you could tell of. And then, boom. And it just kind of made me go, well, maybe there is something on the other side. You know what I mean? I tell you what, it's a lot more fun to believe. (laughs) In my opinion, you know. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And not to drag on, but I've just had a lot of deaths in the family, everything else, and it just kind of makes me curious. Maybe is there something out there, you know what I mean, after we pass on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just put my dog down. After 19 years, I have the same dog, and it just it makes you curious. Am I going to get to see him again or not? And all this started circling, and that's really what kind of made me tell Ben, yeah, I would like to be in on this, because... I am curious, even though I am the skeptic. What if? It's the big question. I feel like that uh, none of us can fully definitively answer, but this is about maybe as close as we can get, you know, if we get some evidence. Yeah, so it's it's a good uh, realm to get into (laughs) if you are intensely curious. Oh, absolutely. And I was going to say, Ben, you're on the other end of the spectrum where I feel like you've probably been a believer your whole life, right? Yeah, yeah, my house that I grew up in was haunted. Uh, my first encounter was when I was like a year old, and even where I live now, there's plenty of ghosts here. It gets to the point, it's like having a bunch of loud roommates, even though I live alone. <laughs> and like, I'll be here at night and stuff just happens, and my dogs will go crazy, and I kind of like, it's kind of weird if I don't hear ghosts or see them, then like, I'm like, what's going on? Where'd everyone go? Huh. Yeah, it's always been like a huge part of my life, just like no matter where I live, there's always been some kind of a haunting or something going on. Would it be an assumption to say that you, you have maybe a gift that you can see them, right? Uh, I wouldn't say see them. I can kind of sense when they're around. But I would definitely agree with that, Ben. I think you have that little bit of sensory. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I'm a big fan of the technical side, too. So I kind of use that as a compass to guide me to, hey, let's go over here, bring the camera, bring the devices. Let's see if we can document it. Do you know, you... I can tell you all day, like, I send stuff, but that doesn't make the skeptics a believer. You know, it's going to be the hard evidence that shows that stuff. So you're hell-bent on making people believe. Oh, yeah, that's my purpose in life, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> that's an undertaking. Yeah, it's kind of like Dan says, you know, like, the only certainty we have in life is death and what happens afterwards, you know. Be a bummer if there's nothing afterwards. Like, I don't want to be just thrown in the ground and that's it. I'd like to think that, you know, I can't see loved ones that I've lost or whatever, you know. So, yeah, I think everyone would like to believe that in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. Have you had a Holy Grail moment with evidence recently? 
And can you share it? Um, so let's see. I'm trying to think what we can share. Um, Ooh, where do you want? Too much about what we've been filming lately, but should we tap on the mirror? Yeah. So yeah, that's actually this is pretty fun. Actually, they got a, uh, think... a mirror in the the Shanley where that's a scrying mirror, and a scrying mirror is a mirror that you can use to kind of like look into the spirit world. It's a very difficult thing to do for people that practice the the art. But uh, they have photos on their website of it was these two ladies doing that, and the photo in the mirror you could see a man clear as day. Like I thought there was three people there, and they're like, "No, oh, it's just the people." Wow! Uh, I'll, I'll I'll send you the uh, the picture that way if you want to like share it or whatever. But it's insane. Yeah, and it's crazy. But so I gave Dan the skeptic a little run through on how to scry, and he <laughs> was able to do it, and he literally like got like lost in the mirror, and I had to pull him away. Like so much that he was in a trance and like, like Dan is not a violent man in any way, shape or form. And when I pulled him away from that mirror, he almost swung at me. And then he's like in a daze for like the next half hour or so. And like, he just kept getting pulled back there. And that's when we started doing the occult stuff afterwards. And uh, I don't want to ruin too much, but we had a a spirit, actually a spirit of a well-known person in history came through and told us that we needed to leave that place. And this was right before we we had to go to bed, so we didn't get much sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at about maybe 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So what did it feel like? Can you recall when you were kind of in that trance? Do you remember anything? So absolutely. Very simply, at first, there was a little bit of traffic from everyone, you know, going through. So I just had Ben grab me some earmuffs, put him over there. And then just kind of slightly closed my eyes, just focused out. And a couple of times I was there, I wasn't. By the third or fourth time, I was gone, snapped just like that. I started kind of, like Ben said, I don't want to give too much away, but I actually kind of started seeing some facial features that were not my own, if you will. Oh, like. Uh- Okay. Why doesn't this cheekbone have a beard when it should? Yeah. And then I started seeing a little bit more up towards my face, and then all of a sudden everything just blacked out. And we have the photos. I don't really remember too much of it. As Ben stated, I was ready to knock him out. I'm like, I have to stay here. I have to stay here as he's trying to pull me out. Yeah, and but, the, the thing that scared us, too, is uh, we were taking photos of Dan while he was doing this. So, like, just every, like, second, we're taking picture after picture, and they were all the same. And then there was one picture where there was these three little white orbs around his head. The next picture came out blurry, and then every picture after that, Dan's eyes were totally black. There was no whites of the eyes at all. Even the whites? Um, all my eyes, completely solid black, and I have piercing blue eyes. Wow. They were all black. Wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're like, nope, he's done. Pull him away. <laughs> no, that was kind of where I was like, yeah, it, 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 there's something. <laughs> With that experience, has there been something like that where that's happened where, you know, I, maybe it was kind of dangerous where you're like, mm, maybe scrying isn't for me? Or is it the opposite <laughs> effect where you're like, I can't wait to do that again? I am the latter where Ben, Devin, and Brandon might tell you otherwise, I'm the type of person who's like, set me up in that situation, and let's see what happens. Put me in the scariest place, set me up with anything evil you can, 
prove it. Right. Because you're coming from a skeptic point of view. So, you know, you're like, exactly. right, right. Do you have a favorite piece of equipment that you do like to, to be able to capture things? Myself personally? Both of you. Oh, well, I'll, Ben, why don't you start and I'll take over after that because I don't have much to carry. So uh, my go-to is the spirit box just because it seems to be pretty reliable. And uh, we have recently started working with the SLS camera, which if anyone's seen any of the ghost shows on TV, that's uh, one that shows the little stick figures. It maps out uh, the human form. It shoots out like a bunch of light and it can map out the human form. So if it hits a, a spirit, it creates a little stick figure on the monitor you can watch and you can see them interact. And we actually just had a really good hit with that at Vemper oh, Hall. You just stole one of mine. <laughs> yeah, Bedford Hall was a, uh, a Gilded Age mansion. Actually, it's the house that they filmed Hyder or uh, the Cider House Rules was filmed there. Okay, yeah. I don't know that, that big building. We were just there, and um, the stories of that place is back in the early 1900s. They used to have these huge, amazing parties with like live music and like waiters giving like champagne out and stuff. So we actually recreated the party. I was going to say, can we give a little bit away about what yeah. we did? Yeah, we had we had Dan playing guitar up in the uh, musician's loft, and we had one of our guys, Devin, dressed like a butler, just giving away drinks. And with the SLS, we actually picked up an apparition that was actually dancing along to the music, and it reached to the, the drinks on the tray and tried to grab one. <laughs> I don't blame it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the, that's the way to capture it. Party ones. Yeah, that was rocking out. That should some be heavy your... metal, some classic rock. That should be your go-to, you know, from now on with any ghost. I mean, they're probably so sick of people just wanting to talk to them, like, how'd you die? They're like, we kind of want to just party. Um... <laughs> well, that's actually one of the things we usually do is uh, we find the best trigger object for spirits is actually alcohol. Because you got to figure most people in life like to drink. You know, it's, anytime you celebrate, there's booze. So we always bring, like, a little nip of something and offer to the spirits, and activity will pick up almost instantly. I remembered my question from earlier from the scrying experience that you guys had. Do you find that people are, some people are more prone to be affected by ghosts? Like you could have the same person. So like take me, for example, who I would say that I am intensely fascinated by this stuff, but I almost never have paranormal experiences, which I just find the biggest irony. You know what I mean? Because I'd be like all about it, but it never happens to me. If you were to take me and Dan and we, you know, Dan has this crazy experience in the mirror. And is it possible that some people are just kind of portals? They just attract this more than others. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you wouldn't mind, I was going to say we actually put Ben in the chair first before me. And there really wasn't too much reaction as far as I remember. Correct, Ben, for you? Correct, yeah. And within what, maybe five, ten minutes, I was completely gone. Do you? Yeah, everyone's a little different. I was going to say, do you think, though, there's a reason why for that, or is it just kind of the luck of the draw? Um, I think it has a lot of different things to factor in. Like, a lot of times, people that are more open to it are more likely to get stuff. Uh, I also play with the philosophy of, like, say, like, there's a stray animal in your neighborhood, and you put out food for it one night. You know, it's going to keep coming back the more you feed it. But if you ignore it, it'll eventually move on. That's another thing. You know, the more attention you give the spirits, the more they'll give you. But, yeah, there's lots of things to factor into it. You know, there's no, like, exact way to pinpoint who's going to have the better luck of, you know, communication or whatever. As someone who this has happened with you a lot, Ben, do you think that, um, you know, it it gets to a point for you where it's kind of old hat? Have you kind of seen it all and you're a little bit like, 
you know, oh, okay, we got another movement of the chair. You know what I mean? Like, does no. So the thing is, is like every time something happens, I've been doing this professionally for almost twelve years now, and every time something happens, it's like the first time for me. Like, you ask these guys, I'm the first guy to scream or jump, and <laughs> you know, I get I get a rush out of it. That's one of the best things about this thing. I always say you feel the most alive when you're afraid. There's and a, it's a huge like, rush for me. It feels like every day is a first day with him, and like I said, maybe I haven't been a part of it that long, but I've seen him go through all of it, and you watch him get giddy like a little kid every time. <laughs> yeah, ghost hunting is my Christmas. <laughs> it, it really is. There's a passion behind it. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you guys ever do, as the ghost guys, do you ever do like house calls? Do you ever help with removal? Like, what oh, kind of services yeah. do you offer for people? Yeah, we do house calls. Um, when we do like actual houses, people's homes, we try to go there, and our goal is to try to disprove first. That way, if they're feeling paranoid or you know feeling sick all the time, we try to say, hey, like. Your fuse box isn't insulated properly. You got high what EMF. What if it was through. a gas leak, or you know? Yeah, and then if there is something there, we will do our best to find ways for you to help get rid of it or to learn to live Cleanse. with it. Yeah, um, we've had to get the church involved a couple times with a few people, but uh, it's a free service we do. And you know, like like I said, I grew up in a haunted house and. I remember just being terrified every day because I didn't understand what was going on. And there's a lot of people out in this world who don't do the same thing. And a lot of times it's very taboo to talk about. So they kind of just grin and bear it when, you know, there are ways to go about getting rid of it or finding ways to deal with it. Do you find that there is a stigma when, uh, do, do you find that people kind of, if you try to explain to them, hey, like maybe you're experiencing something paranormal, there's a little bit of a backlash? Uh, yeah, it's like 50-50. Like, the big problem nowadays is with all these TV shows like American Horror Story and, like, all these horror movies with spirits. It makes the believers believe even more, and it makes the skeptics more skeptics. So, like, we did have one case where uh, a guy had a demon in his house, and that was way out of our range. We're like, dude, we don't know what to do with this. So we actually got in touch with the Worcester Diocese, and it was a six-month process to get them to come down. It was multiple phone interviews and then interviews in person and like because of these movies people are calling up like you know a cup rolls off your table and everyone's like oh it's a ghost you know where it's like no you just put it down wrong so they're kind of flooded now with all this paranoia so they have to like filter stuff out how were you able to determine something demonic versus something just like a ghost uh, so the, we actually did a few investigations at that guy's house, and uh, he had had another team there before with a medium. They had told him that there was something demonic there. And whenever I hear the D word, I'm like, no, it's probably just an angry ghost. And the first time we were there, it was just like an average case for us. And we went back a second time, and we had one of our members was on a the balcony overlooking the backyard setting up some equipment, and an unseen force had pushed him so hard that the railing behind him snapped, and he almost fell. Oh, wow. And then, uh, one of the claims that the homeowner had is, like, he would say he'd get home from work, he'd pop a beer, sit down, and then, like, he'd, like, blink his eyes, and then all of a sudden it's dark out, and his beer's super warm, and he's like, what just happened? It's been four hours, and if you're like the second. The second time we were there, that happened to me, where I was in the basement with everyone, and we were kind of joking around, and then the next thing I remember, I was outside throwing up, not knowing how I got out there, and I went back inside, and everyone said I was gone for, like, a half an hour. 
And I'm like, okay, well, this is not your run-of-the-mill ghost here. Well, that's when we called up the Worcester Diocese. And uh, like I said, a lot of phone interviews, they ask a lot of questions, and they verify the questions with the homeowner, then re-verify with me. And um, they did an in-person interview at the house, and the priest is like, yeah, I'm going to have to do a regular blessing of this house once a month for you. So they actually go down on a regular basis now just to kind of keep it kind of at ease. Wow, that is uh, really intense. So you so you had to recognize at some point that, so you guys don't really deal with, I mean, when it comes to demonic things, that's when you have to turn it over to the church, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, demons are more of a uh, Catholic-based uh, adversary, and me not being a Catholic anymore, <laughs> not too much I can do, but... Right, right. That's when I get yelled at, you're done, Dan. Get out yep. of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you find that people reach out to you for what, like removal, or do they reach out just to be like, hey, I just want to know, like, just confirmation, basically, that I'm not losing my mind? Yeah, more often it's just uh, to get validation. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't mind the spirits in their house. A lot of times it's they feel it's like a, a pet almost, you know, it's like it could it's be always a loved there. one. It could be. Yeah, a lot of times that's what it turns out to be, like, you know, grandmother that passed away or, you know, like your cat that got ran over last week or whatever. Do you ever have to turn down everyone or anyone or do you do you accept like kind of all applications? And and, like, do you have a certain area that you, you know, uh, frequent? or We travel all over now, like a lot of local New England stuff. But uh, we've gone the farthest we've gone is uh, Virginia as of now. Wow. Dang. You got to check out Wawa. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wah, wah, dropping the steak and cheese. <laughs> that's my neck of the woods. Because <laughs> like, I was like, oh, look at that. No, that's really that's that's really cool. You were mentioning your, your web show. Could you talk a little bit about that, where people can see you guys, you know, do the work? Yeah, uh, so our website is peopleversusparanormal.com. Um, you can search on YouTube for People versus Paranormal as well. We have two seasons that are out now. We just started filming our third season. Um, we're going to actually be in a prison in New York in, I think, two weeks filming another episode. Yep. And a bunch more stuff lined up. Um, and then on our website, there's actually a link to a television show we did last year where we were on a Mysteries Decoded in the CW Network. We did the Lizzie Borden House. That's awesome. National television, which was, was a pretty fun place. Um, some really good evidence there. But yeah, and if anyone's looking for help, uh, the website also has a contact form you could fill out and, and we'd be glad to help anyone that needs it is it is it free for, for the first time where you guys are just like going in assessing the situation how often by the way do you it, find that like it's more so you're like ah this is this is you know the leak as opposed to like a you know paranormal thing uh, i'd say it's about 50 50 you know a lot of times it is something we can explain uh big culprit for stuff that. is power packs for like uh wireless phones or phone charges will give off a lot of emf a lot of times people have them plugged in next to them when they're sleeping, so it makes them feel like someone's watching them or whatever. You know, bad wire and bad pipes, whatever. But, yeah, no, it's it's totally free every time. You know, we actually will even leave you with stuff as far as, like, you know, sage or whatever, if you want to do sage cleanses or whatever. You know, we don't charge a dime. We do it out of the goodness of our hearts. We want to help people. You know, like I said, it sucks growing up in a situation where you're just afraid to be home. So we want to do our best to get rid of that for you. I think that's about it. You know, just check out our website, subscribe to our YouTube. We need our numbers up. So uh, maybe we can make a little money so we can travel a little further. What's your YouTube <laughs> handle? What's that? What's your YouTube handle? Uh, that, I believe it's uh, People versus Paranormal on the YouTube. 
All right. Thanks, guys, so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Ghost guys, Ben and Dan, check them out. Thank you very much for having us.